we said, man, I wish there was a brewery we could go to tonight. And, and then I said, why is there not a craft brewery in Lewis Center? And Scott said, hmm, that's a really good question. And we ended up having a conversation for about three hours that night. And it was a fun, fun discussion about what a craft brewery in, in Lewis Center might look like. And the next morning, I woke up and just went back to work like you would. And apparently, Scott, who is much more process-minded than I am, uh, started working on a business plan because he called me two days later and said, hey, remember that idea we were talking about? Well, I have a business plan. We need to get together on Saturday. So we got together that Saturday morning. We came up with a name. We bought the domain. Um, and we cooked up this whole idea. Hey everybody, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Craft Beers and Cheap Meals with the Clydesdale CrossFitter. I'm going to introduce you to my crew. Uh, to my left, I have my main man, Matt, Z Matt Zetzer. What's going on, Matt? How you doing, everybody? Great to be here tonight. Uh, beside him, I have Kit Hagen. Yep. What's going on, Scott? Kit Hagen. And we have Mike Dorwalt. What's going on? Scott, not much. How you doing so far today? Pretty good. Better now that I have a beer in front of me. Boy, yes. Always better. So we are sitting here uh, on our first ever episode amongst a lot of tanks of beer. So I have my first guest. Uh, his name is Ray. Ryan. 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 Yes. You call me Ray. My first episode, and it's I've already cool. messed up again. <laughs> hey, and Ryan, he practiced that and practiced that, and he still got oh. it. Oh. <laughs> All right. So we have Ryan with us. Yes. He is the owner and founder. Yeah, co-owner and co-founder. Co okay. To be fair. Of Olin Tangy River Brewing Company. Correct. Uh, so we're sitting in your. This is the brew house. That was a random warehouse until about a year and a half ago, and we turned it into a brew house. You can see right there, if you were here with us right now, you'd see there's a, a trench that was dug all the way from what goes into our tap room all the way back here because there was literally no plumbing even back here. So we had to run all of the drainage, wow. all the plumbing back here. It was a warehouse that actually this was uh, the one of the first data farms in Columbus, this building was. Um, it was a, a, a company called the Data House, and they had a bunch of old mainframe computers in here. You just imagine, like, some sci-fi movie from the <laughs> 80s. That's what it looked like. Um, and they were doing all kinds of crazy stuff back here. And then over time, it sort of transitioned into other things. And it became, finally, a, uh, when we bought it, a place where a company that was doing home renovation was. So this was just a warehouse that had um, those shelves in it and a bunch of building equipment. And we said, hey, let's turn this into a brewery. And it actually worked. I'm very happy you <laughs> did also. Very happy. Yes. Yeah. From data house to brew house. That's, pretty yes. that's right. Exactly. So what's kind of cool is Mike and I actually probably consider this our home brewery. By, by um, far, yes. Cheers. Um, less than an eighth of a mile to a quarter mile from this door right here that's behind me to my back door. So if you drink a lot, you can walk home. I have to dodge three railroad <laughs> tracks, which <laughs> the main north-south railroad tracks of Ohio, but yes. Okay. Yeah. Maybe not safe, but <laughs> yeah. So we are here probably every week at a minimum, um, and and love your beer. So it's, this is great to learn about it. So what made you want to get into this business? It's a very competitive landscape in in Columbus, and what made you want to jump in? 
Uh, well, so Scott Schweitzer and I uh, are good friends, and I know it's funny. It's his yeah. name's really close <laughs> to yours. It's yeah. It's yes. an old world spelling, and mine's the changed yes. version. Do you say Schweitzer? I, I don't. It's Schweitzer now. Schweitzer. Okay. So Scott Schweitzer uh, is a good friend of mine, and he and I were drinking beers one night, and uh, you know we said, Do you man, if what there was beer a you were drinking. That's a really good question. I should figure that out. I don't remember. We could probably go back on Untapped and figure out what <laughs> it was that <laughs> night. Actually, I'm sure we could. Where were you? So we were at my house. Yeah. And we said, man, I wish there was a brewery we could go to tonight. And, and then I said, why is there not a craft brewery in Lewis Center? And Scott said, hmm, that's a really good question. And we ended up having a conversation for about three hours that night. And it was a fun, fun discussion about what a craft brewery in, in Lewis Center might look like. And the next morning, I woke up and just went back to work like you would. And apparently, Scott, who is much more process-minded than I am, uh, started working on a business plan because he called me two days later and said, Hey, remember that idea we were talking about? Well, I have a business plan. We need to get together on Saturday. So... We got together that Saturday morning. We came up with a name. We bought the domain, um, and we cooked up this whole idea. The biggest challenge was we, neither of us, knew how to brew beer. Well, that's not fair. Scott had brewed beer, like, at someone else's home brewing system. Okay. He said it was terrible. Um, so we had, we're, we're business-minded people who love beer, and we knew we needed to find people who were great at making beer. Um, so through a crazy <laughs> yeah, circumstance that, I mean that, we the you have is amazing well right so the first <laughs> thing was um so my buddy uh jason vogel who actually lives in your neighborhood um i knew that he had brewed beer so i got together with him and i said jason would you be interested in being our brewmaster and he laughed <laughs> he's like no you don't want to you don't want me to do that but my cousin makes the best beer i've ever had in my life and his name is josh you should meet him. And I said, okay. And, uh, and so we reached out to Josh, and Josh came to Scott, Scott's house, Scott and Bethany's house, and he showed up with five growlers of beer that he had made, and it was some of the best beer we'd ever had. And we said, dude, you're, you're perfect. We really liked him and his wife, and they, they were just awesome. And um, he said, but the, there's one problem. I work full time. He's a corrections officer. Um, he's a probation officer, I think. I don't. I want to make sure I get that right. He works for the county, and um, he's got a great job, and he loves it. And he didn't want to. He didn't want to do the brewing thing full time. So he said, "I'll help you get a full time brewmaster." And we said, "Great." And then about a week later, he called us up and said, "Hey, I think I found your guy." And his name is Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> <laughs> and we said. Are you allowed to cuss on this podcast? <laughs> no. We said bull. <laughs> and uh, he said, no, really. His name's Enrique Iglesias, and he's really a talented brewer. So he goes by Kike. Kike shows up, and he brought two growlers of beer that he had made, and one of them was genuinely one of the best beers I've ever tasted. It was this crazy barley wine, um, and it knocked our socks off. Yeah, and we were – um, and he said, this is exactly what I've been looking for. And uh, so we we pulled him in, and 
Um, then we found this building and we were able to turn it in, turn it into what it is. And then a year ago we opened it up and the community has been tremendous. Well, I know before we, we started the podcast, uh, Kit had a great question. I'd like to turn it over to him uh, about just get the, the process of getting this started. Yeah, I was just interested in the almost the business aspect of it. I mean, you talked about your buddy kind of putting a plan together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we are in a world where there's thousands of microbrews popping up, you know. And, and I'm just kind of curious of what that process was for you guys and putting it together and going from – an idea that you and your buddy were hashing out over a couple beers to <laughs> this tremendous facility that you guys have put together. Yeah, so we, a lot of, of time and effort went into building a business plan that was uh, going to be successful. We did a lot of research, not just drinking. We looked at the, <laughs> at the business side of things. And as we worked through that, we, we realized a few things. One, there is, there is always a market for a nano brew that is going to going to serve a, a very local community. Um, we wanted to be focused on selling out of our tap room. We wanted to be community focused, a place that would uh, that would be a home for folks like like what you guys are. You live right down the street. It's a you call your home brewery, you come here and get great locally crafted beer and great service. Yeah. Great and service. we and we wanted it to feel like a place that anyone could walk in and feel loved and respected and accepted for who they are, no matter what. And uh, and we also felt really strongly that adding coffee would be a unique aspect to the business. Not many other breweries do that. Um, and honestly, I, I after now having so, done so it. So get you drunk and then sober you up. <laughs> well, yeah. Your uppers with your downers. <laughs> right, exactly. So the um, – but – you have a space, you know, a building is an asset, and for every moment that it's not being used, you're, 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 you're losing opportunity. So we said, well, let's figure out a way to really, you know, milk this building for everything that it's got. We were very fortunate that I had a relationship with Kenny Sipes, who's the owner of uh, Roosevelt Coffee House, and um, I went to him and said... Which that is a local co- local coffee house. Correct. That is a local coffee house. Their first location is on Long Street, downtown Columbus. And I said, look, we're opening this brewery. We'd really like to have a Roosevelt inside of Only Tangier River Brewing. And he said, hey, man, that sounds great. And so we did. And that coffee business is, is growing. And it's really bringing in a, a cool aspect of community. I mean, we've got folks who are working here remotely. We have students that are coming and studying here during the day. Most breweries don't open until about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We open at 7 a.m. Yes, it's a good uh, Roosevelt coffee stout, too, at that time. That's correct. And so you can buy beer at 7 a.m. So there are some people, like when the uh, English Premier League, uh, League games are on on Saturday mornings, we have folks that come and they want to watch the games and they can have a beer while they're watching the game. That's a, yes. that's a unique thing. What it does for me is my wife loves Roosevelt coffee. So I get to come have a beer while she gets to come have a coffee. Right. And I'm not in trouble. <laughs> right? right. So, it's, so it's all on the up and up and everything's good. So Matt's actually drinking a Roosevelt coffee stout. Yeah. I am. And let me tell you, it is refreshing and amazing. Nice. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. I'm going to be awake the rest of the night now. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So, so let me ask you a question. If you go back to the beginning of this idea, 
What was some of the feedback you received from friends and family about this idea that probably all of us sitting around this table have had at one point but never had kind of that next step to do what you've done? What, what's been some of the feedback early on <laughs> that, you, that you heard? Uh, so I think most people were probably thinking what my mom said out loud, which was, really? <laughs> I mean, that, that was the feedback that she gave, like, are you sure? You want to you want to open a, a brewery, a beer business, and I said, yeah. Now, and for some context, back 20 years ago, I was the kind of person that I was like super straight edge. It's like alcohol is not a good thing, and you know I changed obviously. <laughs> now I own a brewery, <laughs> and we thank you for that. So yeah, so it's it's been a with that decision. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a, a major uh, progression in my life, but. A lot of people um, kind of raised their eyebrow like, really, are you sure? And I was said, absolutely, I'm 100% sure this is going to work. And then, I mean, once I was able to share the business case with them, I think people said, yeah, that makes sense. To the tune of we were able to raise about $500,000, or $500, half a million dollars in one night. And um, that helped us get over the hump of what we needed to do from an investment standpoint. So, um it's been it really has not been a, a super heavy lift to be honest with you so uh, the other thing that I'm sort of curious about is um, is your beer mix right so you have you have a, a decent amount of high alcohol beers on the on the menu and you have a couple IPAs in there as well mm -hmm. how did you guys come up with the mix is it personal preference amongst you guys and and Kike or what you know what what is how did how did you come up with that basically yeah well, so we, <laughs> so we have this little uh, kind of Lennon McCartney thing happening. You know, the Beatles. They a lot of the reason that they had such great songs was they had really three excellent songwriters who were competing with each other to try to see who could Are one up the Ringo? other. No, Ringo, Ringo, <laughs> he did have a couple hits. So four. Okay, I will give him. We'll get a four. The drummer wrote some good songs. Okay. So, but I mean, if you think about the competitiveness, that healthy competition that was happening within there, the, that kind of has happened with our brewery because we have two really talented brewmasters. So we told Josh and Kike for our investor event, I want each of you to come up with three beers that you want to share that you think represent what our brewery is going to be. And so we had six beers. And of those six, I think... Five of them are on tap right now. So the those um, I can't feel my pants. Those recipes, yeah. I can't feel my pants. Sophia. Sophia. Which we knew was gonna be a, a part of it. Whetstone, the lager. Um Arrowhead, the double IPA, which is my favorite. This one right here? Yes. Um grab a sip of that, Mike. Yeah. Make some drinking sounds. <laughs> <laughs> um the uh Belgian Aloha, the the um, hibiscus infused uh, triple, which is an amazing an beer. That's right. Phenomenal. Phenomenal beer. And then I can't remember what the sixth one was or the fifth one that's the still blonde. on. Oh, yeah, it is. Good call. Yes, the, the Alum I Creek Beach. Did I mention this is our menu. home brewery? <laughs> you know it better <laughs> than I do. That's amazing. But anyway, we, uh, we, we challenged them, and, and so I think they felt that you know, that healthy competition. They wanted to bring something that was worth it. And then from there, we just kind of built on that. 
And um, our team, we've kind of allowed our brewmasters to be creative, to come up with what they think is right for our, for our clientele. You know, we have a very specific uh, community here in Lewis Center. A lot of, uh, a lot of young families, um, a lot of people who maybe have never tried craft beer before, and this is the first time that they're trying it. And then a lot of people like you who drink a lot of ca craft beer and love it and know it and, and you have a discerning palate. And we want to, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm saying yes about the shirt that he's wearing. <laughs> um, I love Ohio beer. Yes, we do. And, um, but we wanted to make sure that it was accessible. So, so I work downtown. I work at Nationwide Children's Hospital. I drive down there every day. There are a lot of places that I love that I feel totally comfortable going into that a lot that folks who live here in Lewis Center probably would never feel comfortable because it's just they don't think it's for them. It's too hip. It's, you know, it's just uh, I don't belong yeah, there. Columbus has some phenomenal Absolutely. breweries around here. That's and right. They are all over the place. And they're, and they're fantastic. But what we thought was why don't we take the cool things up north? So let's, let's take food trucks. Let's take Roosevelt. Let's create, let's create some, make some great beer, and let's make it something that anyone feels like they can walk in and drink. And then let's put some beer on the, on the menu that folks can drink that they, they, maybe if they've never had craft beer before, they'll feel like, okay, yeah, this is something I can get behind. I, can, I like that. So, so can you talk about how something, what, what's the process to get something on the menu here? Can you talk through maybe the, the discussions or the tastings that happen? Yeah. Do you do small batch of things just to see? Yeah, so a lot of it happens um, by, well, a couple of them ha have happened by accident. I'll tell you a story about that. But um, most of it is home brewing, just refining what those, what those recipes are to figure out the, the, the perfect balance of what it is that we think we should take to the full brewing system. Um, but two of our most popular beers that we ever got were mistakes. So there was um, one of the first times that we were brewing um, Susie, which is our New England hazy IPA. Uh, my personal favorite. Okay, good. It's very, very good beer. Um, we, uh, when we were, you know, we were using this, this brewing system for the first time, it, um, we basically overcooked the mash, and because of that, it, the composition of the beer completely changed. And uh, we turned that into what ended up being a, a beer called Help Me Ronald, which was an IPA that was a benefit for the Ronald McDonald which House. Which was, was a delicious beer also. But that Very was good beer. Benefit for you guys. It was literally Susie that just got cooked too hot. So, so what, what we've done like is we great innovation. We know? have <laughs> turned we have turned mistakes into wins. Um, knock on wood. We have not had to dump a batch yet, which is a miracle for a new brewery. And, I mean, so we're a year in, and we've never had to, to dump one single ounce of beer. That's awesome. Please don't dump anything. <laughs> Call Mike before yeah. you dump it. Yeah. Do, you, do you do small batches of things just to try it out? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and um, so we actually, you like Susie, we, uh, we had version that was called Boozy Susie. Um, it was basically Susie that was that had twice the alcohol content. Um, 
and it was good, but it didn't it didn't make it. Um, we uh, we've tried a couple of different variations of um, of pilsners, and we've got one that's going to be coming out soon. But yeah, we 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 uh, we try stuff, we experiment with stuff, and then um, if it makes it, then we make it on the on the full system. So. Um if I'm correct, this weekend is your year anniversary of opening up. That's right, Saturday. And you have some interesting things that you're happening this weekend? Yeah, yeah, three barrel-aged beers. Um, so our friends up north uh, called Opa Grill, which is a, uh, a Greek restaurant in Delaware, they do some unique stuff with, um, with different whiskeys. Uh, and they gave us a couple, uh, three whiskey barrels, and so we took three of our beers and decided to age them. One is Hero by Enrique Iglesias, which is our red ale. And that really is the <laughs> name. Hero, yes. comma, by Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> um, so that one's aged. Then we've got I Can't Feel My Pants, which is our gold medal winning Russian Imperial Stout. That one, the the it's a, in a bourbon barrel. It tastes amazing. It's unbelievable. And then we have an Irish Stout that has been aging, and that thing is red to go. Ready go. Do, uh, do we have a uh, timing or a uh, ETA of each one? Are they separate during the day? Yeah. They, so we're we're out? we're going to do a tapping at noon, at two, and at four. So you got to be here for each of those because I'm telling you, those are going to sell out real quick. I will be here for all three of those. Okay. Good. You know. So will I. I'll I'm serve them to I'm you. <laughs> what, what food truck will be here at that point? So we have um, Hogback that's going to be here, that's going to be doing some barbecue, and then we have um, Aloha Aina that's going to be here later. That's my favorite truck in town. I love it's Aloha It's my Aina. favorite truck, too. I actually, so good. I, I actually want to talk to them that day to see about doing an episode of this. With oh, my goodness. Their they food's amazing. Food truck in, in Why is it so good? Their I food no is idea. unbelievable. It's and so it's good. spam. Is it really? There's spam on Oh, I love that. Oh Whatever it is, it's so good. <laughs> love it. So what type of beer do you gravitate towards? What's your favorite? Well, I am a, um, I'm a equal opportunity beer drinker. I like it all. <laughs> um, but my favorite would probably be uh, like the Farmhouse Saison, moving towards sour. Um, I really like um, complex kind of uh, clovey, banana-y um, you know, the Belgian triple is right I up my alley. I did not see that coming, knowing that Arrowhead's your favorite. Yeah, so I love IPAs. So I feel like it would it would be cliche for me to say I love IPAs. I mean, I'm an IPA guy. We all are. But, um, but yeah, I, I think a, farm, a great farmhouse ale, I would say my favorite local brewery aside from ours is Rock Mill. I think they make unbelievable beers. So if that gives you a sense for what my, my their, their flavor palette is. Are yeah. Amazing. Right, so and a I'm great, great Belgian menu as well. Right, yep. so so I really I really identify with that that style of brewing, um, but I like it all. I mean, there are beers I like and there are beers I don't like, but most beers I like. <laughs> now you just brought it up. Um, with the amount of local breweries, in it, it's like a small fraternity. You guys are. It's not. I mean, you're competing, but yet you you all you have each other's backs. Right. Well, and I just actually talked to a guy. I was at Noctera the other night. Yeah. And a guy had drove in from D.C. because he heard that Columbus was a, um, a brewery destination. Yeah. And he was hitting as many brewers, breweries as he could in the weekend. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and that's where we kind of feel like all boats rise. 
and um, we want all of us to be successful because if the guys over at Noctera are successful, we'll be successful. And we want them to we want them to work, and we want the guys um, down in Grove City to work, and we want the guys out in, in Lancaster to work. And you know, the state of Ohio is really uh, collaborative when it comes to the brewing scene. We've been accepted with open arms. We're very thankful for that. You know, we're one of the new guys on the block. It would have been easy for folks to kind of turn their nose to us, and they haven't. We've been, uh, you know, the, the folks at Wolf's Ridge invited us in for a tour when they found out that we were opening up soon, and they were great. And, um, you know, the, the guys at Ill-Mannered have been fantastic. So, I mean, everything from right down the street to all the way down in the city have been great. Do you think this this idea of the hometown brewery is kind of going to pop up all over? I mean, is, is yeah. every city or little town going to have its own brewery? It's almost like it's the next generation of the neighborhood bar. Yeah. Right? So the way that I describe it is, so people, people have asked me, um, is there a limit to local craft brewery? And I said, well, is there a limit to pizza shops? <laughs> Because in my right. opinion, it's the same kind of thing. Everybody loves pizza. You can have a pizza shop on every block, and they'll be successful. I kind of feel like as long as you are, you have realistic expectations for what it's going to become, that you're not trying to be like a big regional distributor, right. I think there's, a r there's room for what we're doing probably on every street corner. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm curious about that sort of temptation to go regional, right? Because... Mm -hmm. It seems like you could put a business plan down and you could say, uh, you know, I want to do the community aspect. I want to be the community brewer. But then, does it, you know, the, the natural urge to grow and, no, oh, I want to get my beer on shelves. I want to mm -hmm. go down into Kentucky or wherever we're going to go, right? How right. do you kind of balance that, you know, knowing who you are and being that hometown brewer with the urge or the siren call of, you know, trying to get bigger and be on the shelves at Giant Eagle or whatever? Yeah. Well, so that call is, is strong, but I'll tell you this. It's simple dollars and cents. For, if you just think about it, for every beer that we sell, we're getting everything from that. The second we put it in a can, we're getting way less mm -hmm. than we would. Yeah. And we have to share that with somebody else. So if we can sell everything we make out of our own tap room, we get a premium for that. So from our perspective, we're winning if we can sell it out of our own tap room. So I do know, like I've been to the Daily Growler and I've seen your beers on the menu at the Daily Growler. So you are selling kegs, uh, but you're not necessarily bottling or canning. Not yet. We will. And we're actively uh, discussing that as a team. But we have intentionally taken that very slow. And that doesn't mean that doing it the other way is wrong. I mean, our friends in Nocturia that you were speaking about, they, they were canning from day one. For us, from our business plan, it, um, that's not the approach that we took. We we said we're gonna we're gonna keg everything and we're gonna sell it out of our tap room, and it's worked really well for us. We've um, we were cash positive uh, four years into our or four months into our business. Nice. Wow. That's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I d I want to touch on another thing that I think is actually helping that along, and that is your attachment to the community. Um, you know, like I said, I'm here pretty frequently don't want to admit that too much but pretty frequently and I've been up here for the six uh, what do you call it six run poor club uh, it's a running club that that leaves from here 
goes over to high banks and then back over um, and then has a beer after they're done. Right. And you've actually made special beers for that club. That's right. That, that's a huge I know that you do salsa dancing in, yep. in this very room we're sitting in now. Um, you have connected to the Blue Jacket playoff run last year, mm -hmm. uh, where you have discounts on the beer uh, during the playoff games. Um, anything else going on? Or do, do you think that's a huge part of your success? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, we, we decided that this was going to be the community brewery. And so, you know, we have folks that come and do birthday parties here. Um, we have, we had a gender reveal party here a few weeks ago. Um, we have business meetings that happen. We have folks that come and work here remotely. Um, we have pop-up shops, all kinds of different things that are going graduation on. Graduation parties, graduation parties. My daughter's graduation party was in this room. Nice, love it. Um, so that's what we wanted. We wanted this to be a space that people kind of made their own. Um, and, you know, that's what, it's sort of, if you take the, the English pub mentality, that it's sort of the gathering place for people, that's what we wanted to be. And, and we're really proud of that it's actually become that. So, yeah, we embrace everything that is our community. And we're proud of that. And, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not afraid to, to welcome anyone and everyone. Speaking of the community, so Old Tangy River Brewing Company, obviously yeah. the uh, Old Tangy School District. I'm assuming Arrowhead has to do with the area also. Is there a discussion of when you go into logos of opening up and Yeah. Yeah. So when we, um, I, I was the one that came up with the name. Um, the thought process behind it was. Olentangy is our school district name. So hyper-local, that tells people, this is mine. The Olentangy River is, is local to central Ohio. So anyone that's in Columbus is familiar with that. And then if you look at it from a larger perspective, it's a really weird word. Most people don't pronounce it right. They say Olentangy. Even Siri calls it Olentangy, by the way. Um, so we named the beer Olentangy. I'm actually drinking it right now. Um, and the arrowhead is significant because in, uh, in the Olentangy River, um, that became sort of a dumping ground for spent arrowheads. So if you, um, you can still find old arrowheads in the Olentangy River pretty easily. Um, so that's why everyone's down at high banks walking on that, uh, one river. Right. Uh, re uh, trail. That's right. So, um, the arrowhead is really significant to the river itself and the fact that, you know, it's fun to be kind of see nostalgia uh, within the river itself. Um, the color orange was on purpose because this is Orange Township. So we wanted to kind of nod to the township that we're a part of. Well, I, I think it's an amazing color because it's the color of my Jeep. There you so, go. I mean, Sweet. I'm a Jeep guy, too. Here, I'll give you the Jeep wave. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of names, the, the beers themselves have some pretty unique names. Uh, is there a meeting about what these things are going to be named? Now, now I know the story of your brewmaster being Enrique Iglesias. Yeah. That name, I was like, are they coming out with Debbie Gibson Lager? <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. Tiffany Tart. <laughs> we, we decided we wanted to not take ourselves too seriously, but we wanted to have sort of a, a connection to something that made sense to us. 
Um, so one of our owners, um, Sarah, she came up with the name, I Can't Feel My Pants. And that whole idea was um, she had gone and drank some beers at Wolf's Ridge. And she didn't realize how high the ABV was. <laughs> and she ran up to a friend at one point and said, I can't feel my pants. And we decided that was a good name. Um, and then Whetstone is, is one of the names that the old Tangier used to be called. Um, the Allen Creek Beach Blonde, we kind of thought it was a funny little play on <laughs> Beach Blonde. Um, but Allen Creek is obviously another body of water that's close to us. It's a very fun body of water. Yeah. Yeah, it's something. Yeah, it's something. Um, but yeah, we uh, we we like to have fun with it. Um, a lot of us are musicians, so a few of our beers have had uh, sort of music-oriented names. One that's on tap right now is called um, "Smells Like Team Spirit," so a play off of the uh, Nirvana song "Smells yeah. Like Team Spirit." That's right. Yeah. Sorry, the IPL. IPL. Like the black IPA that was nickel black. Nickel black, which nickel black I like the beer better than the band. Yes. So I, I named that one, and I was I was pretty happy with that one. That was I, it was I pretty have good. A great story to tell you once we get off the air about that name. Okay. Yeah. So I am not a Nickelback fan. Um, it was so it was it was definitely tongue in cheek. That's great. Um, so we did talk about that you had a couple. I wanted to focus on that a little bit more. Uh, I can't feel my pants. Uh, gold medal. Yes, at the Ohio Brewers Cup, Craft Brewers Cup. Mm-hmm. And the Belgian Aloha. Yeah. Uh, won a medal as well. That's right. Which one? Silver, bronze. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, both phenomenal beers. I've, Thank you. Uh, I've had growlers of both of them several times. Um, the Belgian that sneaks up on you really. That is a dangerous beer, man. my pants, so I needed to go back by just bringing, <laughs> bringing them together. Yeah. Nice. What's the process for that? I mean, have to oh, yeah. Yeah, we had to bottle it and send it to the judges and they drank it. Um, but for us to have won a gold medal and a, and a bronze medal in, in our first year of operation, yes. we were blown away. We felt really, really honored by that. That was something. Six run pour, which was a lot of fun. 
That was a great beer, by the way. Thank you. I was here that night. I actually got to taste it. You're lucky. You're one of the few because there wasn't much of it. Isn't, is there a beer mile coming up again this Yes. Weekend? Have you ever done a beer mile? I don't run. Okay. Well, this isn't really running. It's really drinking oh, and then and then I running for that, a little bit. Yes. So the idea is, you guys probably already know this, but you drink a beer, you run a quarter mile, you come back, you drink another beer, and you do that four times. So you're drinking four beers, and they're 16-ounce beers in the span of, whatever, 10, Man, 15 it's minutes. Not a and you're absolutely going to vomit. I mean, 50% of the people are yakking on the side of the road. It's unbelievable. Now, when I, I heard some rumblings up there. When is the next one? It's Saturday. Yeah. How, much is, how much is it to Saturday get into that? at 11. I think it's like 50 bucks. So you're going to do that walkers? before you tap. Yeah, there. you can walk. <laughs> you can walk. <laughs> I think we're doing it. Spencer? <laughs> yeah, buddy. Hagen? Yeah, that's before the barrel age, <laughs> so I think I might be okay with that then. Yeah. Yes, yes, it's before that. Yeah, yeah you got to get your exercise in before the barrel aged beers. When there's pancakes in the morning, right? Chris 8 a.m., Chris yeah. Cakes. So pancakes, a little beer mile that's run. That's the guy that tosses them, right? Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yes, very much so. And it's free. We're not we're not charging anything for that. So that's pretty cool. Come get some free pancakes, 8 a.m. Man, I I probably am going to be You're finishing with cans, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm actually one of the I'm one of the main I'm playing. No, I'm a what musician. do you play? I play guitar and sing. Nice. I used to make a living as a recording artist. Yeah. Wow. I can tell by the so, way he holds the microphone. So I know, <laughs> so I know Ramey is the Ramey is, is the headliner, yep. And you're the opening act? Yep. Awesome. Starts and stops is the name of my band. So you can come see Ryan, or as I like to call him, Ray, because we're close. <laughs> just, just That's what my friends call me. The one R, right? <laughs> y, put it after the A and drop the N. That's right. Can. That's Ray. Uh, so, yeah, that sounds like a blast, man. I cannot wait for Saturday. Um, you guys have any more questions? No, I'm good. This is great. Thank this, you guys for coming. This was a great first episode. Thank you for Sweet. taking some time to yeah, be with us. My pleasure. Um, well, here, here's what here, ready to put you on the spot. Would you like to be on again? Yeah, of course. Good. My pleasure. So I think I'm going to bring a uh, video camera this Saturday, take cool. some stuff and kind of yeah. supplement the podcast Let's do it. Uh, with the YouTube channel. Um, so we're going to do that, and maybe we'll get another interview and just a follow-up with everything. Sounds great, man. Thank you um, guys so, thank so much. Thank you very much for being with us. Uh, stay tuned. If you like this, we're hoping to bring you a lot more content, and we'll see you on the next one. Peace out, everyone. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to thank you so much for listening to our first episode. A couple updates I wanted to give you is – one, I want to apologize for a little bit of the sound issue we had towards the end of the podcast. Uh, that in no way was the fault of our guest. Uh, we are new to this, and we had a little bit of a technical glitch. Uh, we are going to rectify that in our future episodes, but thank you so much for listening. And if you want to learn more about Olentangy River Brewing Company, you can find them on the web at olentangyriverbrewingcompany.com. And they are located at 303 Green Meadows Drive in Lewis Center, Ohio. And that zip code is 43035. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're glad you did, and we hope you stay for some more. Well, we'll talk to you soon.